Ladies and gentlemen, the boys are back and better than ever. For this year's first episode, 2022 extravaganza, we've got Mr. Coleman Hemphill that is in, you guessed it, the hemp industry. He's going to talk to us today about how Austin as a culture performs in the hemp industry, what it's doing to help it grow, and all the changes that are being made to literally change American history. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss this episode. Greg Carlson, Jonathan Ratcliffe, and Grossman. What's brewing ATX? We're off. Mr. Johnny Lee. Welcome, Johnny Lee. How's it well, going, guys? Fired up, man. How's it going? With good, you? good, good. Are you having a good time? You enjoying the greater Austin area? I am. We've been here about four or five months now. We as in? My wife and I and our little guy, Beckett. Beckett the yeah. Biter. Yeah. Tell us about that. Beckett. <laughs> How do you get that nickname? Uh, yeah, so... About two minutes uh, before I was walking out the door, a little guy pulled a Mike Tyson on me and bit me in the ear. I'm wearing some Band-Aids right now. So, yeah. He Never actually have is. I thought. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. I've, 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 I've heard of the moms getting the raw end of the deal on that end, but uh, yeah, he got me. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And oh. just, just a while ago, you were just telling us how you... You migrated from the Wisconsin area. Yeah. Wisconsin, did I yeah. say right? Wisconsin. Yeah. And, uh, nice, dude. You were selling some real estate there, ironically. Yeah. And decided, nope, I'm out. We're moving to Austin. Yeah. So, Tell us about that. Yeah. Six years ago, uh, moved to Madison, Wisconsin. Met my wife there. Um, started selling some real estate and things were going good. Um, got a little spooked at times with, uh, a potential market crash that everyone talks about, but no one ever knows is coming or not. Mm-hmm, so sure. um, decided I needed to start making income other ways as well. So some part-time side gig type stuff, sold a house um, that it's kind of funny. I sold a house to my friends who are now selling that house, moving to Minneapolis. So this was four and a half years ago and uh, decided I was going to open an axe throwing business. Mm-hmm. So definitely yeah. not something I thought I'd I'd ever own, but um, ended up working out pretty well for us. And that's, <clears throat> that's the one here, right? So I opened one in Madison, Wisconsin back in 2018. Okay. Uh, yeah. What's yeah. That, is that one that one's going? That one's still going. Yeah. So that one was the second axe throwing place in Wisconsin. Um, it's called Happy Axe, and it's actually known you know throughout the country just because it was one of the original ones yeah, um, i like the name yeah it, yep. it was pretty clever it was a domain name that worked out and the uh, cool. the marketing for it was pretty easy with you know just a smiley face and a couple axes coming out of it so <laughs> but yeah i uh got the idea we went to a bachelor party in chicago mm-hmm. um back in late 2017 and all my buddies were coming into chicago from all over the country and one of the guys said let's go axe throwing i was like oh that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard of (laughs) so they're like yeah we're gonna do it for two hours so i was being uh pretty sour about it i was like you know what throwing axes for two hours like we're all coming in from across the country for you know a couple hours here and why are we going axe throwing? I'd rather, you know, drink a few beers and, you know, hang out with everyone, catch up. So we ended up going axe throwing and it was a great time. And I, uh, you know, left for Chicago, I was in Chicago, left for Chicago on Friday before leaving the real estate office, 
told a few people that I was going axe throwing. And when I got back Monday, I had my inbox all full of people all over or in um, in our office asking how axe throwing was because people started <laughs> talking about it. So when I saw all the, you know, the uh, emails, I was like, oh, this, th- this might work. So mm-hmm. I ended up contacting uh, the city of Madison for 38 different locations and they kept telling me no. And then they finally said, okay, to one spot. There you go. So started it off, built it out with my dad and it's been going now for four and a half years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. And are you considering more locations of that or? Yeah. So we're kind of transitioning a little bit. So, um, a year ago we opened a, uh, splatter paint room. So, um, yeah, you did. Yeah, we did. So it's, uh, it's, uh, basically what it is. It's, it's a paint throwing room. We allow people in, you know, that are two years old and up. Um, we've had grandmothers in there, like in their eighties, we've had two year olds in there. Um, it's black lit. We kind of think of it as like an art studio and you just go in there and you can throw paint at each other, throw paint at the walls Mm -hmm. and you also get a canvas that you get to walk out with as well. So you get to, you know, make a messy masterpiece with that. So, um, we opened that a year ago in Madison, opened one up here as well. And that kind of has taken off for us. So in, uh, Pflugerville right now, we've got an ax throwing place, a rage room and a paint throwing room. So a splatter all together in one, all together in one space. So tell me about, okay, so you've got ax throwing. Now we know about paint throwing the rage room. Yeah. So Greg took a trip. Yeah. So never thought I'd smash the TV with (laughs) sledgehammer. Felt really good. 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 (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Um, rage rooms are, I'd say they got popular about two years ago. Um, most landlords will not allow for that. Um, the city also has some issues with it too. So you kind of just have to find the right fit. Um, mm-hmm. we, in terms of the location itself or like what the location okay. landlord, um, if the city's cool with it. Okay. So, um, we just kind of had a perfect situation where the landlord was like, yeah, we've been striking out here the last couple tenants. Give it a try. So cool. Um, shout out to the landlord and shout out to Pflugerville. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, um, it's been a good fit. So, so you can go in there, you've got TVs and bunch of glass and different things that you can just destroy. Yeah. So how it works is, um, each individual gets 20 breakable items. So those are just glass items. So that's anything from like, um, maybe the plates that you use at dinner, um, a mug, uh, vases, stuff like that. Okay. Um, there are, there are (laughs) add-ons. Yeah. The most popular actually is the beer bottles. So we don't do many beer bottles. Um, we actually, uh, source our stuff from a local company. Um, so you get 20 breakable items, you get 25 minutes in there and then you can choose, um, if you want to go with a TV or different things like that. Um, it's an add on. So there are other companies that do this in the area. Mm -hmm. One of them, the original one is actually like 40 minutes South of Austin. Okay. And up until now they've gotten all the business in Austin and, um, we kind of just wanted, since we're North Austin, we're cool if, you know, they keep getting everyone down we'll get there. The but Southeast, we'll get the Northeast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll take care of the North. So, so 
you say you get all this equipment from a local company yeah and where and they just get it from so places old stuff yeah it's uh i don't want to give out my source sure sure. greg knows the source but um anyways they've got uh truckloads of this stuff that they end up just recycling at the end of the day if we don't take it so um that's cool yeah so we end up we end up taking it um they're restructuring some of the pricing that we that we pay for it right now um but yeah overall it's it's been a a good you're gonna recycle it anyway might as well give it to you right i know i know (laughs) that it's it's hard to there's a lot of corporate yeah involved in it so um unfortunately you know when you deal with this company you're dealing with someone new every time it feels like so i'd almost like something in writing or you know an email or something saying hey this is the price for this i feel like i'm paying a different price every time i go so fun stuff yeah so so let me describe experience briefly (laughs) because i want to get you enticed and i want to get the listeners enticed because you know at first glance it sounds exciting right you know smashing stuff and then reality hits you when you're actually there and it's triple the excitement in real life <laughs> i didn't expect myself to to enjoy it as much as i did it was beyond belief you get in there you check in super quick check in you're off to the races like five minutes later all you need to do is put on the appropriate attire whether you're going to the splatter paint room you throw on the gear you're going to the rage room you throw on the gear oh you guys got some gear to Safety oh yeah gear. oh yeah. Okay. yeah so if you're going into the rage room you look like you know someone that's going in into jail that's what you look like if uh-huh. you go into the paint room you look like a lunch lady so <laughs> it's you, you really need to make sure but, you got yeah. that protective gear on gotcha. so, so you go in there they give you a quick tutorial and then you got your plethora of things to choose from whether it's a baseball bat a golf club a sledgehammer you pick the music you want to listen to because they got the speaker going in there for you oh yeah dude so then it's like lit lit up a certain way you got the music going and then you just go to town any frustrations at work just go to town oh it's it's so satisfying (laughs) definitely check it out it's a lot of fun stress reliever huh yeah yeah so (laughs) the i'm I'm curious about the paint room yeah do you guys like wash it out so it's like a blank canvas every time or is it just no so it actually so how it's set up is it's a black lit room and then um we have neon paint so the neon paint um our supplier actually laughs because the last time it was this popular was like back like the paint itself was back in like 2007 when all the paint raves and stuff were going on where they were doing like paint everything so yeah um anyways yeah so we order like 45 gallon buckets at a time of different colors and um yeah people just go in there and throw the paint everywhere um the paint itself um we don't make it a blank canvas for everyone each time the all the lights the neon colors in there and everything kind of um yeah brighten it up for everyone it's just a cool experience for them nice yeah and i imagine the fresh paint is like almost a little bit more vibrant or something yeah you can tell that yeah okay cool yeah and it's cool to see some people you know the only rules we really have in there is you know don't break the bottles that we give out to the people and on top of that um no profanities on the wall so i'm sure you can think of all the things that people have chose to draw on the walls i'm sure yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so it's it's a pretty uh freeing and fun experience super great idea for date night for sure definitely yeah good to know now let's get a little bit of the numbers side thing because i remember our phone call a couple 
like last week maybe even right it was recent and yeah. you, you're blowing my mind with the metrics behind this kind of business and i just thought it was so fascinating you know things i would never think about because i'm not in that in your realm um what can you what are you willing to share with the crowd here about uh the metrics and the business side of things so it's um it's it's very hard to kind of put into words because there's the very simple side of it, the business operations, which we want to keep as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, But then on top of that, um, there are the profit margins on top of that, you know, that you need to make as a business owner. Um, One of the hardest things as a business owner doing this stuff right now um, is actually finding the correct employees. There are plenty of people that want to try this experience. Um, You know, Mm. we're able to get all the supplies and everything we need, even though over the last six months, supplies have nearly tripled. um, And a lot of the supplies maybe was coming from overseas. Mm. Um, A lot of that stuff is back ordered now. Mm. Um, So that Mm. part of it isn't as simple. The employee part of it isn't as simple. Um, But when you have something this fun, um, people just kind of go nuts over it. So um, like we do a lot of marketing through Facebook marketing. Um, So we'll do ads or whatever, and it'll be like, okay, you're creating a campaign and you're only going to hit x amount of people Mm -hmm. so an example is when we first opened the splatter paint room we were going to hit fifty thousand people within a 15 mile radius so we're like oh okay cool so we went ahead and did that and then it ended up hitting a million people so the organic reach was so much further than what the actual paid reach was just because it's something that exciting yeah so yeah so what we like to do now from the business side is is just kind of put out that same ad maybe change up the pictures a little bit and uh, make sure that i've always heard you know save 10 percent of whatever your revenue is for for marketing and do that so we've kind of just been doing that for some time now and we're usually pretty booked out with this paint room we're looking at different locations now just for the paint room itself so nice. yeah yesterday i was out in houston looking at a location and there's other places that do these paint rooms but they only do it if they have a rage room so hmm. the clientele that they're looking for is um or their potential customers are more people that want to go out on date nights or want to get rid of a little bit of rage where um, we've kind of changed it up a little bit and we're going for, um, you know, one of our biggest demographic areas is um, moms who want to bring their kids there and stuff. So ours is just a totally different feel. Okay. And and uh, so it sounds like the paint room is maybe the most popular of the three by far. Oh yeah. wow! Okay. Yeah, so um, I'd say it's I'm so surprised. I'd say it's probably seventy percent of our business right wow. now is the paint room. Oh, wow! So yeah, um, yeah, we're uh, we're looking at fixing up our space a little bit in Pflugerville so that we can get more people into paint because we only allow fourteen people in each okay. hour right now. Okay. Um, so we'll probably be able to get about 20 to 25 people in at a time. And, and mm. so how big is the room in comparison to the room we're in now, which is probably so know, it, 250 square feet? Yeah. So it's split up a little bit different. Um, 
So when you walk in, there's a big open floor plan um, that's probably 1,500 square feet. And then we probably have another seven, 800 square feet back there. Mm-hmm. And then half of that 800 square feet, I'd say, is the rage room. And then the okay. other half is the um, the paint room. Okay. So gotcha. I'd say it's no more than 400, 500 square feet. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right on. And, and yeah. you have multiple different groups in at one time yeah yep yep so um some of the businesses that have done it in the past um i saw an issue with how they were doing it and i figured i'd give it a little bit different of a go that's kind of how we've done our axe throwing as well and just any business that we have open we take a little bit of an unorthodox approach to it Uh, most places just give you or say, hey, it's five bucks to come in for the paint room. Uh, you guys can stay all day and then you just pay for your paint. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. A lot of people then are like really counting their paints and like making sure like it's just a whole big process. So we kind of just want to wrap it all into one thing for them. Yeah. Here's the price you pay. You guys get to stay for an hour. If you want more paints, we'll take care of you. But, you know, this is usually good for about 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. right on makes sense and, and you know what i found really interesting was your your target audience yeah was you can't are you able to share yeah 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 so mm-hmm. um when i talked to greg last week um our target audience we only go after females right now really yeah we are not marketing it to any males out there we're marketing it to just females secret sauce so that's that's the secret sauce right now primarily on the paint side or just overall everything so overall everything but it's really hit a home run with the paint yep wow yeah interesting yep how did you find out about this how did you make guys meet he was gonna move here Oh, okay. Cool. I yeah, I posted uh I posted looking for a realtor out in Austin. Oh it's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Someone popped up saying, Oh, you should use Greg. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hit him up, we had a buyer consult and then he said, Oh yeah. You know anybody that helps with leases, commercial leases? I said, Let me see if I can help you out. Why? And he told me his idea. I'm like, dude, you gotta do that. Gotta do it. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing I know, he's got a LinkedIn post up about it, like the day after. So it's pretty cool. Sounds about Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So what's the what's the long term vision then? Yeah. So um, or short and short and long. Yeah. So from the beginning, um, anyone that I've told that I own an axe throwing company, um, they kind of just laughed, including the insurance companies. It took eleven phone calls before someone took me serious for insurance. Wow. Um, Hmm. My family even laughed at me uh, with the whole axe throwing thing, especially because, you know, how I was doing with real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, they sure. didn't understand why I'd be doing that. Um, so when I tell people that I'm doing axe throwing, everyone thinks, oh, that's just a fad. And, you know, it's kind of hard to say if it's a fad or not um, based mm-hmm. on the fact that you know, four years ago, we opened up the business and then we had to deal with COVID and everything um, was shut down for a few months with that. So mm-hmm. numbers are going to drop when that happens. And then sure. people being not too sure if they want to go out and then the government on top of that saying, oh, you can only have 10 people in at a time. This is right. all going on in Wisconsin. So wow. um, business for sure is down in Wisconsin, but it's it's still killing it. Mm-hmm. Um 
So it's hard to tell if it is a fad, but you know, if it is a fad, we always want to be on top of things going after something new out there, like the paint throwing yeah. um, that we opened a year ago and that's been doing awesome. So what we're trying for this year um, is to have 15 paint places by the end of the year in different states. So um, we actually signed a lease in Minneapolis mm. and uh, have a paint place opening up in Minneapolis. It was supposed to open March 1st, mm -hmm. but they're waiting for the city to give the permits for that. Okay. Um, the builders are. Um, so March 1st, that was supposed to open and then we were just out looking in Houston as well. So. Mm. <laughs> So 15 wow. places. You're on the, 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 you're on the move then. Yeah. 15. That's a lot of you, you gotta startups. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be. So I, I learned in real estate, you know, if you aren't working and going out doing as much as you can, um, you're not guaranteed your next paycheck and shoot. If, if this is uh if this is a fad, I'm going to try to make as much as I can while, now, right? while it's sure. here. So that's awesome. And then yeah. let me ask you this. Wow. You went from real estate. Did you enjoy doing that? I did. I okay. did. Um, after a while, um, you know, I kind of felt like I was losing the love for it. Okay. Um, did it for six years. Uh, felt I was good at it. Um, you know, one thing that really sticks with me with real estate, and I don't know how you guys feel with it, is um, my uncle one time told me as I was getting prepared to get married, you know, the, the best and worst come out in people in two situations and that's at funerals and that's at weddings. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's absolutely true. But I think after being in real estate for six years in a crazy market and stuff, <laughs> I, th I, th I think you have to add, you know, people buying or selling a home. I, th I think you have to add them to that list. Uh, I that, wouldn't, I wouldn't put that past that. I mean, it, yeah. it gets, it's an emotional interaction. It, abso it absolutely says. is. And I, I mean, even, just even, even personally, I mean, knowing everything that I know for real estate, I mean, I was, you know, not the most logical person when I was buying or selling a house too. But I mean, you have, you're working with, you know, best friends and stuff and you just kind of see a side to them that it's like, whoa, Mike, where did this come from? Yeah, dude? Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, you know, so anyways. Yeah, dude. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Thinking about some yeah. cases, yeah. So that's the second <laughs> second question is, how do you feel now about this business? How do you, how does it make you feel and you yeah. know what you're doing? Yeah, so um, I, my wife laughs at this, but I don't like, the joy for me and what I do is actually building. like building. Yeah. Building it's, yeah. Mm. It's, You're an entrepreneur. I, yeah. I can see that. Like when um, we only had axe throwing for the first three years, um, mm. I would have to go and work at sometimes, especially, you know, during the pandemic um, in the middle of it because nobody wanted to work either. Mm. Um, wasn't like the pandemic, like I could find more employees like during the middle of the pandemic than I can find now, which is crazy. But um you know, people would come in and ask me all the time, or they'd have like a group, an odd number, five people, and they'd be like, hey, we need one more person. Like, you're the owner of this axe place. You're going to kill it. You know, I, I want you on my team. And I never throw axes. I, you know, it's not something where I'm like totally excited to do it. It's it's yeah. more so the building part for me. Sure. Um, so um, I think the most like joy that i get out of any of the companies that i have is is the paint throwing mm -hmm. um just because you know 
two-year-olds can do it you know hmm. older people can do it it's just it's pretty cool to see yeah, yeah. pure fun yeah it's gonna say, there, there's a lot of fun in, in building the business yeah for some people and i can clearly see that for you whether it's this or it's a flower company oh it you didn't matter it, it doesn't matter yeah. yeah yeah so, so that's a good trait to have because no matter what the markets say you know, yeah you'll, you'll flip something on it yeah and create something that that sticks so that's awesome no what about l- leagues you know i've seen axe throwing leagues mm-hmm. yeah from time to time yeah is that in the wheelhouse of what y'all offer is it in the works or yeah so we've done that in the past mm-hmm. um there's pros and cons to it mm. if so i'd say probably 70 percent of the yaks throwing places out there serve alcohol um from the beginning that's something that we have not done um sounds like a terrible idea well it's you make a lot of money if you're doing it like oh. that's okay and it, it they when i talked about earlier you know having an unorthodox approach um that's kind of what we've done from the beginning <clears throat> so for axe throwing if you were to go into a normal axe throwing place which you're probably going to see is a bunch of employees there and you are going to see a bar there as well if not a bar they will have drinks for you um worst case scenario it's a byob okay so you Mm -hmm. walk in there and they assign you a coach so they say okay greg jonathan uh you guys are on lane one and um your coach today is dave so it's like okay cool now not to mention if only two of you are going they usually charge by the lane so what they're doing is is you cannot come in unless you pay for 160 dollars worth of you know people in a Mm -hmm. sense so if it's 20 dollars a person per, per hour then you would have to pay um, for four people because they want you there for two hours. Mm-hmm. So they are there for two or your reservation would be for two hours at most places. Mm-hmm. The reason that is, is they want to make sure that you're drinking beer while you're there. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're throwing an ax nonstop for an hour, like how you do at our place, that's plenty of time. I mean, the next day your shoulder, oh, yeah. you're like, Oh, like I even played darts for an hour. I know and you're, I know it's sore. Yeah. yeah. So, um, they want you in there for the two hours um, to make sure that you know you have enough time to drink drink a couple beers. Okay. Um, on top of that, um, you can't go in there if one of you just wanted to go in, or the two of you just wanted to go in. You couldn't go in there without paying for a two-hour. Yeah. Correct. Um, so, and then on top of that, you have an individual coach. So the individual coach becomes your best friend right off the bat and talking to you the entire time, telling you what you're doing right, telling you what you're doing wrong. It's kind of like the situation where you go out to restaurant, to a restaurant, you're on a date with someone or you're trying to catch up with a buddy or whatever, and you've got that waiter or waitress coming by every 30 seconds asking how you're doing and you can't get through a conversation with the person you're with. Um, So right off the bat, what we did was we said no alcohol. Um, just because at first we were thinking about it, but then we did a survey and we had a ton of people coming through right away. And like, it was like 67% of people said they would not feel comfortable with, mm-hmm. with alcohol in there. Mm-hmm. So, um, we kind of just ran with that. And then the next thing we did was, um, like you can't even bring your own. No, you can't in okay. Wisconsin. You can't, 
in oh. Texas. You have to, you know, go through all this paperwork and everything. Um, so right now we don't allow BYOB unless it's like a company party. Okay. Um, but so what we also did was, is we only have one to two people working in the ax throwing place at a time. And the reason why we have that is for us, from a business standpoint, it's good. And on top of that, for the customers, it's good as well. Mm -hmm. And why I say that is I'm going to bring up the example of us going to Chicago and axe throwing um, for the bachelor party. So that space was actually the first space back in 2014. It opened um, is the first space in the United States that open was in Chicago. Um, so we had an individual coach on our lane and he all of a sudden became part of our conversations, was all buddy buddy with us and kind of stealing the show as well, like talking to us and stuff when we had a group of like eight or nine guys who just wanted to catch up with each other, hadn't seen each other, you know, since college and stuff. Yeah. Um, so they really kind of put themselves into your group and your conversations and everything that way. Um, so that was one thing that I really wanted to make sure that, you know, kind of like bowling, you go bowling, you get your hour or two you group, and yeah. you're with your group, you're talking, you're having a good time. You give the instruction if you need to, and then you kind of get out of the way. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, is when I went axe throwing, I had never even picked up an axe before. I'm, a, I'm sheltered. I, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. never picked up an axe before. So a lot of people, 95% of the people we've, you know, taken surveys afterwards as well. 95% of the people, um, it's our first time axe throwers when they come into us. So a lot of them don't feel comfortable with, let's say, a two-handed throw where they're putting the axe over their head and they're throwing. Mm -hmm. So um, who am I to tell someone like, hey, you really can't throw with one hand. You should be throwing with two hands. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? If they're not comfortable with it. So we kind of go over that in the instruction, just saying like, hey, if you're not comfortable with something, don't do it. Um, we're happy to give you guys help if you need it, but um, we're not going to be standing over your shoulder telling you what you're doing wrong so mm -hmm. we're there to help but it's not overkill and i feel like that's something that a lot of these businesses do and it you know it doesn't help the customer experience okay it's a valuable lesson to learn for those uh in any endeavor starting any kind of business really dig deep and put your shoes in the, in the, in the custom or put yourself in the customer's shoes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. It seems yep. like you've done that here. Yeah. I think, um, I don't pat myself on the back too much. My you wife, should. my wife says that <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, one thing that I really try to do is look at it from the customer's standpoint and also look at it from the business standpoint. So, yeah. um, I guess one of my faults is, or, a fault of mine that I have is um, any situation that I'm in. Like, for instance, we went out and played pickleball last weekend out here in Austin, and it was my first time playing pickleball. Oh, yeah, South Austin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a good spot. And, and mm -hmm. I, uh, and instead of enjoying it and being like, oh, this is a sport I can get into, is how can I make money off this? How can I change <laughs> it? So it's like, yeah, dude. from the customer's standpoint, I'm a customer. I'm showing up there. I'm playing. How can I, like, make this a better experience but the business standpoint also comes in it's like how, how can i make money off this so yeah. Yeah. um that's that's one thing i look <clears throat> i'm able to look at it from the customer standpoint and the business standpoint and how you know the pros and cons to 
different ways you do things. It's interesting you say that because that's one of the first things that comes to my mind too is when I go somewhere, it's like, first off, what's the overall experience like? When Greg starts to tell me about this yesterday, he told me a couple seconds and I was like, wait, let me wait to get this fresh perspective during the podcast. Right. But then I was thinking for a while, like, how does this paint room work? Do they spray it down and get it fresh or is it just splatter, splatter, splatter? You know, I right. was thinking about that yeah. experience part of it. And then I'm thinking about the economics of it. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, that's a really great trait to have. You know, I don't let anyone tell you anything differently. Some people are just built to build businesses. And yeah. it sounds like that's what you are built to do. And, <laughs> and you know what? There are plenty of problems that do come along with it. Like the biggest problem we have right now with the paint room, two issues. It's one from an operations side and then one from a, I wouldn't call it a safety side, but just the makeup of it. And I've talked to a few different owners that, do have these paint rooms. Um, one guy in Idaho, um, him and I have been talking back and forth a little bit. Um, operation side, we need to keep the paint running. The paint just like, and what I mean oh, by that yeah. is we need to keep filling up bottles. Um, mm. That has been our biggest issue in Madison and in, and in Texas here is um, oh, yeah. I've got employees coming in two hours early today just to fill up bottles. The mm. next thing is, you know, the paint it gets slippery on the floor. You're wearing booties to protect your shoes, even though the paint is washable. Um, how do you keep people from slipping and sliding? How do you keep them from the booties falling off? And um, what we've done so far is we just keep replacing, you know, canvases that you like paint canvases that you'd put on the floor. Um, other places just have it where people go in barefoot, but then, you know, Ooh. how do they clean up, clean Ooh. their feet off? Yeah. Uh -huh, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. So, uh -huh. um, there's a lot of hiccups that come into it, but, um, overall it's, I mean, it's, it's a good experience. And if, you know, the couple hiccups don't, don't kill you, I guess it, it it's okay. Yeah. Mm. I mean, as long as your business is, is protected and you're profitable, right. um, then you go from there and get creative from there. Right. So interesting. Mm. Cool. Um, we always like to ask this question, but who inspires you in terms of maybe it's someone in business, maybe it's books, uh, maybe it's a famous actor, maybe it's a family member who yeah. inspires you and regularly or maybe in the past that has inspired you to kind of get to where you are today yeah so i mean currently i think it's my fan i think it changes i sure. think different parts of your life it changes i remember being 16 years old and wanting to open up a wooden baseball or a baseball bat company wood bats okay and like all my friends making fun of me for that because i used to play baseball um at that time, I don't know who inspired me, but like right now it's, you know, my immediate family, my wife and, and my son, mm -hmm. um, probably biggest supporter <laughs> since the beginning that I've done all of this, I'd say probably my dad. Um, he in Chicago is a, um, owner of, a uh, a, a commercial, uh, heating and air conditioning company. Okay. So, um, I always run things by him and, you know, kind of get his thoughts on it. Like, am I not thinking of this right? Um, yeah. He, I mean, he helped me build out the, the first happy acts. So it was like, when he did that, I was like, I need to make this work because like my dad was a part of this, um, outside influences. Um, I read a ton of books. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what has kind of changed my mind, the unorthodox approach. I read Tim Ferriss's uh, uh, four hour work week. And that, that changed my life, 
kind of like <laughs> for the better and for the worse. Um, but that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a totally different story. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. And, and how do you know? Let's say someone wants to reach out. You know, to ch- meet you, yeah. or you know, even book uh, book a paint room. Yeah. So how do we? How does the public get a hold of you? Yeah. So it's ragingaxe.com. <laughs> or if you just want to do the paint throwing, the paint room, it's splatterpaints.com. So. And yeah. so do you still go by Happy Axe as well? Or that's a separate thing? So that's a separate thing. We've okay. got an umbrella company and everything that way. And that's kind of the umbrella. Um, that's okay. the first one. But we kind of wanted to make it separate for for out here. Awesome. Um, yeah. Raging Axe, Splatter Paint. Splatter Paints. Splatter Plural. Paints. Yep. Yeah. Um, Definitely yeah. give the thumbs up. Definitely. After seeing it, experience it, got to check it out, folks. First hand, here we have it. Greg Carlson. <laughs> I wish I could, you know, say that for all of our podcast guests, but this one I, I got to do it, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, check them out, Johnny Lee. Thanks for coming by. Absolutely, brother. thanks, guys. Good to see you. Thanks, man. Any last parting words? Just, uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Just do it. No, yes, <laughs> seriously. Come and check it out. Yeah, huh? yeah, come check it out. Don't, don't listen to the podcast and and form opinions. Just go experience it. Yeah. Right on. Thanks, man. Appreciate you being here. Till next time, Austin. Cheers.